Hey, it's Bill Simmons. The NFL playoffs are in full swing, and the Ringer NFL Show has you covered for all your pro football needs. Sunday night, get Michael Lombardi and Tate Frazier's rapid reactions on GM Street. On Tuesdays, the Ringer NFL Show with Robert Mays, Kevin Clark, and regular guest Danny Kelly break down all the biggest angles on Wednesday. GM Street again on Thursdays. Clark, Mays, and Danny are back at it again. And on Friday, GM Street's Friday Focus gives you all the insight you need for gambling, fantasy, and everything else. Don't forget about my podcast, too, on Mondays. The BS Podcast, Cousin Sal and I playing Guest Alliance. More importantly, The Ringer NFL Show. Subscribe right now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. To the Masked Man Show, I'm David Shoemaker. I'm always here. I'm kind of always here. You're pretty much always here. Dave Schilling, how you doing, man? Doing great. I got this wobbly little microphone sitting on the arm of this chair. For those of you watching the video version of the show, you'll realize we're sitting in cushy chairs instead of our usual uh, table tabletop setup. This was my idea. It might be a totally bad idea. I feel like a boss in this chair. It is. It's nice and comfortable. Yeah, this is like the chair Simmons has in his office, right? It's better to have Simmons chairs are like sinkholes. They're not they're they're worse. I mean, they're they're much cushier and deeper than this. Cuz he's worked the he's worked the groove in there, so he's really comfortable. You can't sit in it because it's perfectly grooved for him. Yeah, maybe that's true. Yeah. All right, listen, we had a huge week this week, Monday Night Raw, or we have a huge show this week. The 25th anniversary episode of Raw was this week. There's also an episode of SmackDown. Meh. This coming Sunday is the Royal Rumble, which is, for smart marks like us, one of the biggest nights of the year. And maybe more importantly than anything, um, it was really hard to get to work today because a bird died on a telephone wire? Okay, so it jumped on the, the electrical wire uh, as you pull into the lot, oh, I can't say where we are, but we it's a lot. Yeah, we're in, yeah, Hollywood, yeah, That's Hollywood great. lot, fancy Hollywood studio lot, and it exploded. It was like fiddling the around. The bird exploded. I couldn't get to work either. It That's fried why. the bird, so you yeah. had to go around. I almost couldn't even park today. This is that life it's is life is just life's insane sometimes. Bird related chicanery. The next time something it. terrible happens to you, to anyone listening to this, please remember the day that. Shoemaker and Schilling had trouble getting to work because the bird died. And then really think about it. Think of it. Think think about where think of think about what really matters. You think you have it hard? Yeah. I've got it real hard. That's hard times, Daddy. Yeah, it is. Sheesh. All right. So let's start off with Monday Night Raw. Raw 25, the greatest, biggest moment in Raw history. I said this to you before we started recording, but I think it bears mention. I wrote a sort of a recap, a, a running blog sort of thing of my of watching the show. Uh, it's on theringer.com. 26 notes on the 25th anniversary episode of Raw. I looked at my responses about 10, 15 minutes after I posted the piece and then never went back again. I don't usually read a lot of the responses. Um, but I, I was people were kind of killing me because I wasn't, I didn't hate the show enough. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people read recaps and, and and writing about wrestling shows for the catharsis of saying that person also hated this as much as I did. Yeah, we didn't like the show. But do you No, we watch it together at Dan yeah. St. Germain's house, our buddy Dan Black, another wrestling podcaster of note, was there. Also, it was a great time. You guys were booing all I had watched some of the show in on East Coast time, so I was I was less uh less disappointed maybe by the time that I was watching it with you guys, but you guys hated the show. I was just sort of blissed out, but it wasn't a bad time. Yeah, I had a good time. That's the thing about wrestling is uh, even if it's terrible, it's still fun because I like wrestling. All right. So before we actually go through, I mean, we'll hit on a lot of the, the meat of the show, but let's run down some of the complaints about the show, right? Yeah. First of all, there's the real world complaints. There are a lot of people who are complaining in real time in the Manhattan Center because they had shelled out a bunch of money for tickets and got what like three little matches and the Undertaker Undertaker promo 
also that a confusing Undertaker promo. For some reason, the the, the substance or lack thereof kept coming up. Um, and then the DX reunion, uh, which was another interesting, weird moment. Uh, cool thing to see. Um, but there wasn't a lot of substance there at the Manhattan Center. Mo- the more of the show went on at Barclays, although I, people there were complaining too because they were watching, you know, the things go on at the Manhattan Center. The Manhattan Center, they were watching the Barclays Center on like, you know, a high school projector or something was just airing the show. It seemed like pretty, pretty lo-fi. That said, I'm not trying not to dog anybody here. I'm, trying to, not, not, I'm not victim blaming, but like you knew what the show was going to be, right? Nobody knew how little content there would be from the Manhattan Center. Nobody said, okay, when you spend $400 or whatever on the a price ticket, was. I actually it was didn't see the price. Bucks. For everybody? Or is that, not, I thought that was the secondary market. I'm sure the floor seats everybody. were expensive. Yeah, not for everybody, but there were people who paid upwards of $400 All right. to be in that room. But yeah, but when you could you pay, pay that. You much, could have paid five million dollars to be in that room because a ticket costs whatever you pay for it. Yeah, but you don't. In that case, they don't get what they paid for in their minds. Right. No, I the get perception that. The perception is, I, I spent a lot of money to be at this special event, not at the Barclays Center, to be here at the Manhattan Center, and we don't get anything. We get a couple little cruiserweight matches. Okay, so would the would the under would, would they have gotten something if the Undertaker had like called out Roman Reigns explicitly for a WrestleMania match? Would that be would you would that have made it more worthwhile? I'm I'm just playing devil's advocate. I, I don't know the answer. They wanted to see wrestling. Yeah. When you go to a wrestling venue and you say I'm going to be there live to see it, you don't want to spend seventy percent of the time watching it on a video screen. Okay. I totally agree with all of this, by the way. The only reason I'm sort of like playing that devil's advocate about it is because how long have I and we been saying that Monday Night Raw is not a sporting event? It's, it sucks to go see it live even when it's in one place. I don't disagree you with you. You spend two-thirds of the show watching Make-A-Wish videos and stuff. I mean, it's not, there's nothing, it's so hard to like keep your energy up over the course of three and a half hours. Well, imagine if you're doing that and there's even less wrestling. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I just think going to the Manhattan Center, I didn't pay for a ticket to go there. Obviously, I'm sitting here in Los Angeles. I was at Dan St. Germain's house. But, um, I mean, part of, I think to you, I mean, to me, buying that ticket was just to be at the Manhattan Center. And that's literally all they got to do. But, like, but still, they got what they got their, maybe not their money's worth. They got what they paid for. I don't want to spend too much time dwelling on the negative response to your piece. But I will say that if people are mad that you didn't complain more about that, then they're missing the point of your piece, which was, this is a television show that I watch, yes. as opposed to, I'm going to talk about something that I didn't experience, because you weren't there. No. You, you can't speak to the experience of not seeing yeah. wrestling. And you the saw re- it all. Yeah, and I, I know there were people, I mean, I saw the videos of people booing or whatever, but like, you know, there was a lot of Reddit threads and news stories based on just some like random tweets that were unsubstantiated too i mean i'm sure people were disappointed i know they were i also read but you know what wrestling fans they riot at every freaking show <laughs> wrestling fans are perpetually disappointed i did read that the the peep show segment was supposed to be at manhattan center and they moved it to barclays i saw that too but would that have changed anything it would have been one more physicality to see would you if you were at the manhattan center we talked about this a little bit on the night of you're like what are they even doing there would you have rather them? They would. Have, would you have rather if they had just run out house show matches every time there wasn't something happening there live, and then you'd have to go home and watch Raw to understand what had happened? This is the the uh, the mistake of doing two venues. Well, sure, they did this similar thing, not exactly the same, but similar for WrestleMania two, where they had three venues: Chicago, New York, and Los Angeles. And when the matches on the broadcast were taking place at another venue. You had to watch it on closed circuit television. Why didn't they just do the first hour from the Manhattan Center and then have a regular full Raw from Barclays? I don't know. Or the first, they could have done a pre, they had done, I mean, they did do the pre-show there, but they could have done a three-hour show at one and then a three-hour show at the other if that's what they needed to do. That's a brilliant idea. I think they wanted the, the effect of the cutting back and forth and seeing the old set on the Raw broadcast, but that's a much more user-friendly experience. Yeah. And then people could have got tickets for both and been like, I got, I'm disappointed because I spent $1,200 for tickets at two different venues and it was just a bunch of raw legends being paraded out in sequence. Anyway, um, so that's a legitimate complaint. Um, there are also complaints about 
that there weren't enough matches in general. Although we did get a really good Miz Roman Reigns match, mm-hmm. which Miz won and won to reclaim the Intercontinental title. Really clever finish. I did. Nobody in our little mini party saw when the turnbuckle came off. So they did a really good job. No, that was shooting. actually the first time they've ever deliberate. It seems it seems like deliberately done that where they didn't show you what happened in real time. They yeah. oh, it was and it was really really well done. We can run through the we run through everything that happened in the Manhattan Center because I do think there was some disappointment. Undertaker didn't Undertaker was vague. I think that's the headline here. Undertaker was vague. There are reports that the plan to set up the Cena match had to be pushed back because Cena had to set up a feud with Elias due to the Samoa Joe injury. So that's why Undertaker comes out and says absolutely nothing. So Undertaker was supposed to set up a feud with Cena. But in the meantime, Cena's going to wrestle Elias at the next pay-per-view. Yeah. Oh. So you can't have those two issues going on at the same time. I was really hoping for an Elias-Cena WrestleMania match. Elias looked like a million. We'll get to the good stuff later on. More bad stuff. Undertaker was vague. Um, The Bray Bray Wyatt and Broken or Woken Matt Hardy seemed to blow off their feud in a five-minute match at the Manhattan Center. Yeah, way too short. I agree too short. I'm not really mad that it happened. I guess it's, I always come, you know, my, my refrain when I complain about these things is that WWE hypes everything up so much that you never actually can comprehend the stakes. Um, if this, had, if this was actually the blow off of that feud and who knows if it is, it would have been nice if they had just another like level of the volume knob to let us know that this was the end. I don't mind them blowing it off on the 25th anniversary of raw. This, there's not going to be room for it at the rumble for, I mean, it would have gotten five minutes then too, you know? Um, and you know it's fine. It, Bray does not need to be an inter, an, like an integral part of the Woken storyline, though that'll keep going on its own. It was also a weird match to have the Manhattan Center because you have to think about the match and the people participating in it and how it looks in the venue and how it looks with the crowd and and the sort of nostalgic yeah. flashback aspect of that setup. Yeah, I would have rather seen Roman and Miz. In that environment, sure. In that small crowd, that small venue, as opposed to these weird supernatural characters that are more interesting when there's the spectacle and there's the huge building and yeah. all the spooky stuff. True. There was no spooky stuff. So how could I get really into the spooky feud if there's no spooky stuff? I don't know. You see, I feel like we've seen this with Bray a couple of times, or he'll get switched to a different touring show or something. There, there's a. I mean, I'm sure the live fans do respond to him really well. The entrance is great, whatever. The matches are pretty good, but it does feel like WWE has a different idea of his star power than. It was more how it came off on TV for me, is that it felt rinky dink. Yeah, same thing with Undertaker. It felt like Undertaker with a 15 second entrance is not the Undertaker. Yeah, this little tiny venue. It's super like blown out in terms of the lighting the, yeah it was cool to see him there again but it was an odd look i mean yeah. it's a whole different production process everything mm-hmm. looks different am i forgetting anything are you ready <laughs> dx reunion was a little bit of all of the old there, there were people significantly older than the members of dx people in significantly worse health significantly uh less interesting in 2018 than most of those members of dx but it's just that gimmick is just so steeped in youthful exuberance, I'll say, that to see a bunch of 50 year olds going out there and crotch chopping around the ring was just really awkward. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's like seeing the Rock and Roll Express come out in their old get ups. I've done that. Yeah. I, I saw them a couple years ago. It's a little bit of a bummer. Like, I was fine when they came out at the Hall of Fame and they were wearing tuxedos and whatnot. And like, okay, these are, these are distinguished old gentlemen, old Southern gentlemen. Right. But when they're trying to do the rock and roll stuff, it's like, you guys are, you guys are 60 years old. Yeah. It's like some like grandfather's idea of rock and roll where he just like turns the crank on the Victrola and like a sad saxophone comes out of the earpiece. And you know that Road Dog works in the office. You know that he wears a suit to work. Yeah. That he's a part of the machine. Yeah, he's a grown up. <laughs> exactly. He's an adult yeah. male. So when he acts like a 15 year old boy, it's kind of weird. And Shawn Michaels, too. Shawn looked kind of like just not excited about the show or being in the DX get up. Yeah. Triple H does his NXT promo and, you know, great. Good for him. Yeah, that's Triple, H's, that's Triple H's like go to move now is put the crowd over really kind of awkwardly. And, but then the coolest part of, I think, the entire of everything that happened at Bar, I mean, at the Manhattan Center, the coolest thing was the club, Finn Balor and the Balor Club coming out and 
two sweeting with the originators of the two sweet. Obviously, there's a lot of New Japan in here. Um, in retrospect, maybe that's the only reason they put the club together with Finn Balor, just so they could have that moment. And maybe and we'll we'll, we'll realize that in a week when they break up or something. <laughs> but it was a real for what it was. It was super cool to sort of see that legacy be passed on. That was the point of the segment, and there have been a lot of people. On social media, on Reddit, on various places where wrestling fans congregate on the internet, uh, complaining that the revival who uh. comes out to inter- interrupt this segment was misused. How dare they bury them? Have them lose in this short match? Why couldn't you have had it be Kurt Hawkins and Doink the Clown or something? So you would have rather had a worse match at the Manhattan That's Center? What people are asking for is like, let's have less wrestling. At I least don't... you got to see the revival. At least they were on the show. Think about all the people who were not on that show who did not get a payday. Yeah. If you're going to get mad about the way the revival is being booked, complain about it next week when they, you know, lose to the... Keith Slater and Rhino. Exactly. Yeah. Don't complain about it when they got to take... They were in the ring for a huge raw moment, They right? got to take uh, an X Factor. They got to take a Famouser. All of the legendary finishers. <laughs> all the ones you remember. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Goldstein our mutual friend, yeah. who, former WWE writer, he chimed into this conversation I was having on Twitter and, and made a really important point. As someone who knows a lot of professional wrestlers, he said, that's an honor to be in that ring, to take those moves. Sure, you're losing, but the point is to get to interact with these people who are Hall of Famers, legends, you know, have drawn money yeah. in no, the past. I, I, I totally see that, man. The point of the segment was to get the Ballard Club over. It was not you to You want to complain about spending $400. I mean, how much money would you have spent to be Dash Wilder, like taking those finishers in the ring? I would I would $4,000? lots of money to take a, a, a pedigree. Or, On or national television. That'd be so great. Music. Yeah. It'd be absolutely wonderful. Um, and listen... For all the wrestling nerds out there that are complaining about the Revival getting buried, listen, this is actually something you should be happy about because now when the Revival completely fail within the next six months, you can blame Vince McMahon <laughs> for, putting them, for, for burying them on Raw 25. Also, this is the most important point about this whole controversy, in my mind. People bitching and moaning about a nostalgia act <laughs> going over. The whole gimmick of the Revival is a nostalgia act. Yeah. We're just like those old tag teams of yore. Yeah. Remember those tag teams that were just wrestlers? What, what, what's there to complain about here? I'm sorry. Yeah. They're basically doing Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard's yes. gimmick. Arn Anderson, by the way, I looked this up as we were watching Raw. When the Brain Busters debuted with the WWF, Arn Anderson was 30 years old. <laughs> I mention this because he looks like a 55-year-old, you know, phys ed teacher. At every point in his career. I'm 30 years old, and he looked like my dad. Yeah, he looked real old. There are a lot of legends and even, like, still semi-active legends who are much older than Arn Anderson was then, who are still who were around on Monday night. Let's jump back to, the, to the, the wonders of Brooklyn, which, by the way, I mentioned in my piece, Vince McMahon is an epic promo. He proved it again on Monday night, but I'm pretty sure... That his idea of like if he had to draw a map of Brooklyn on a if you gave him a piece of paper and a pen, he would have like the Barclays Center on the top and like Coney Island at the bottom and just like the word rappers with a just shaded in area and all of the rest of the space. I don't even think he understands that part. Oh, you're right. He Na- was making fun of Brooklyn in his promo, and all he could think of was people eating Nathan's hot dogs. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Fantastic. He couldn't even throw some hipster references out there. No, um, but he was great. I mean, listen, there's he he deserved the thank you Vince chance that he got to be able to turn the crowd from that to asshole chance in the span of literally a minute was just a wonder to behold. Right? Of course. Yeah, he's so he's a master him. of the craft. And of all of the teases that you'll see at any time these moments like that happen, I fully bought into the fact that Vince was not going to take a stunner partly because he looked like like a zombie from the walking dead with face ma- with like caked on makeup when he came out i was gonna say he looked like the night's king from yeah. game of thrones and his i mean i don't think there's anything he did he did sort of look like that. i don't think there was it was like the night's king if they put like flesh colored makeup on him <laughs> so that he could make a tonight show appearance or something um 
I don't, I don't have any reason to believe there's any like he's seriously ill or whatever. But he's obviously he stepped back his duties, and you know he's not sitting gorilla he's every show anymore. Elderly. No, he's an old dude. That's what. That's why that promo was so great. Is he actually was right? He and should not. Stephanie be talking his about his how he was hard of hearing. It was all very strange. But great moment. Austin comes out. Would have been nice if Austin had a moment on the microphone himself or something. Um, but it, there's you can't hate on that segment at all. Stone Cold came out, drank some beers. Stunned Shane, then then after you know some misdirection, stunned Vince, and then stunned Shane again, just so they could set up the epic spitting beer stunner. That uh, I believe eighteen years ago we did the same thing. I saw I saw a mashup video. That's like an, like one of those really hard um, fatalities to do in Mortal Kombat. Exactly. So when someone does it, it's really exciting for me. That bump by Shane is one of the great wonders of the wrestling world. Couple points I want to make about that segment, which was by far the highlight of the show. And okay. it was the first segment. Vince pouring the beer on Shane <laughs> while they're while they're celebrating. That was like was half hilarious. a funny gag at Shane's expense and half, I think, because Vince didn't want to drink the beer in real life. Oh, yeah, of course. I don't think he's He did ever... take a... After that, he takes like a very deliberate swallow of it. And you can tell it's sort of like Ugh. someone trying brandy for the first time and you're like, this is going to taste like gasoline. I'll be like, yeah, okay. But that's what Vince drinks. You know, he's a brown liquid man. He's a brown liquor guy. For sure. I thought he's by a brown liquid, you just meant like steak smoothies or something. <laughs> he just um, drinks A1 sauce. Other thing, Austin looks great. He's in... in Impeccable shape for Austin. Looks like a main eventer, man. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, like in 2018, he looked yeah. like he could main event a WrestleMania. Oh, absolutely. Uh, there was the the magic. It was there. So much of the nostalgia moments on wrestling. It's like oh, it's not the same. DX comes out and they're so much older and they're crotch chopping and everybody's in a different place in their life. But put those two guys in a wrestling ring and it's still there. They still have it. I feel yeah. like they could do another Austin McMahon feud today. They totally could. The only thing, I mean, and, and and so little of the Austin McMahon feud had anything to do with wrestling. Austin was hurt half the time. Vince is not a wrestler. I mean, they did, they obviously did have matches and they spun it off in a million different directions. They made it worthwhile. The only problem is that there was still the intimation of a match to come. There was still the, you you still, as a wrestling fan, could look forward to the time when Austin finally got his hands on Vince in a steel cage or something like that. They could literally do 99% of the Austin McMahon feud in 2018, but you just wouldn't have any, you wouldn't have the expectation that this is going to pay off in any way. So much of wrestling doesn't pay off. Like Raw 25 for a lot of people, for example. Uh, But it's the hope. It's like so much of fandom is based on hope, you know? Yeah, when I was in the car driving to Dan's house before the show, and I've, I've gone on my social media blackout. I have no idea what's going to happen. All of these possibilities. On Monday, this is on Monday night. On Monday. Yeah. All the possibilities are in my head. What could happen? CM Punk could show up. What if, what if <laughs> somebody's in a doink costume? What if uh, they bring back Bastion Booger? There are so many things, amazing things that could have happened on that show. So they, that hope was built up. And then I was disappointed. One of the really weird uh, things, uh, sort of an Easter egg that nobody really caught, is they did bring back Bastion Booger. He was working security at the Barclays Center. I don't know if you saw him. He was facing away from the ring up into the crowd. That yeah. Um, anyway, uh, after that, there's a, a women's match. I thought it was it was weirdly. I mean, I don't know if it was deliberate, but it was appropriate to put that segment on after the McMahon Austin segment because Oscar basically went full stone cold at the end of this tag match. She turned on all of her fellow babyface partners, but um, was it was not a heel turn. It was just a badass turn. Yeah. Which well, is basically the Austin thing. He can give Santa Claus the stunner. He's still a babyface the next week. Yeah. Um, Every woman for themselves at uh, the Royal Rumble. I think that was well, that was primarily the point. There. We, will, we will talk about that later, uh, but I'm very, very excited. After that, we get the, the first of uh, a series of processions of legends. I don't, this is more, I mean, I, I'm, I'm as guilty of this as anybody else. And I don't want to sound like, again, like I'm, like I'm victim blaming here, but we should not have expected anything else of Raw. By the time they announced like the 500th person, you knew that it was going, I mean, you should, we should have known that it was just going to be a lot of people just coming at, literally lined up and just like pointing and saying, that's a, that's a guy I remember. That's a guy I remember. There was a woman I remember and so on and so forth for most of three hours. You get to hear the music, you get to pop and that's it. It's still, again, the hope. The hope is there. The hope is always there with wrestling fans. So, yeah, it's true. Kurt Angle backstage with Coachman. 
Harvey Wibbleman, Brooklyn Brawler, Teddy Long, Brother Love, and Boogeyman. I think that the biggest, you mentioned the Peep Show earlier, and a lot of people were saying this, the biggest failure, or one, one of the most glaring failures for, of Raw 25 was, was WWE's seemingly lack of awareness that Bruce Pritchard is one of the most popular wrestling personalities in the world right now, especially amongst the fans that were there live. Um, he'll be running a live podcast. He was on the show a couple weeks ago. He'll be doing a live show in the Barclays Center. Or oh, he just did one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's he's booked there. I mean, he like he he's a big star. Yeah. And he's so over. Like, why would you not let him do the the brother love show for that segment? Or if nothing else, just give him more of a moment backstage. I'm glad you brought this up because I have a theory on why you don't have Brother Love do that do segment. It. The point of that segment in terms of, you know, advancing storylines is Seth Rollins, Jason George, sure. the bar. And Brother Love will take will steal the spotlight. Yeah, he he would be too over. And it's too weird and it is you can make the case too that it's weird to have, you know, a throwback character interacting with present people. It, it would it's too much of a weird kayfabe situation, right? Mm-hmm. That's fine, but just give him something else to do. You, you know? mean Pritchard. Yeah. yeah. I I just think that in order to make that work, each segment either needs to be connected or totally irrelevant to the show. It's true. It's true. I just don't think. I just think that's why the runner. The I, I just think having him having him bookended in between Teddy Long and Boogeyman just seems like a real disservice to what he gave to the company and what how Big Brother Love was back in the day. But especially the difference between. I mean, what you know, Pritchard is worth right now. I completely agree with you. Anyway, Brother Love is not really a raw personality. You don't think of Brother there was a Love lot of blurring of the lines of what mattered. What what was a raw? You know what 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 happened on Raw? What sure. mattered on? I mean, come on. As I said, the night that we were watching, I think I wrote about it too. You know, they spent a lot of time back in that backstage gambling segment on the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. And Teddy, Ted Jr. had a much more significant raw run than his dad did. Right. They didn't bring, they, I don't know, I, I'm guessing they didn't call Ted Jr. and say, can you like, you know, pause your Christian documentary filmmaking duties for a couple of days and come appear on the show? They should have. Yeah, it would have been great to see Ted Jr. He could have been, he could have been something. Uh, we talked about The Undertaker, John Laurinaitis, and then the history of Raw General Managers. That was another segment. I don't... That, that was Bischoff came out and waved. And then the, the the divas or women, female wrestlers of your segment. We Maybe had a lot of those one things. one of the biggest pops of the night was for Trish Stratus. <laughs> well, she's got to wrestle in the Women's Rumble, right? Gotta. Um, what else happened? We talked about The Miz and, and Roman Reigns a little bit. They had a really good match. The Miz is your new IC champion. The doors are wide open for now for Roman Reigns to fight win, for the win the rumble. Fight, yeah, to win the rumble or to take on Roman. I mean, to take on the Undertaker or you know whatever. This is this felt very much like a let's put him back in the main event picture title loss. Let's go all the way back to where it was two months ago. Because the the great thing about that turnbuckle spot was that the fans got to pop as if Miz won clean. Miz, by the way, was the most over person. With the exception of Vince, right when he came out, probably in the whole of the whole night, and right? Stone Cold, Stone Cold, oh, I mean, was Stone Cold most, and Vince yeah. from that opening segment. There was one other really big pop that I'm forgetting, but he was really, I mean, from the Barclays Center, it was Austin, Vince, probably Trish Stratus in but there. But Miz was a was Miz. just a baby face, yeah. and that was the right place to let him win. And the great thing about that spot was the fans got to celebrate with him as if he'd really won because there was no intimate, like it wasn't, it wasn't a, one of those just a clear cheating thing. It was only after the fact that you sort of get that. Roman Reigns gets a little bit of post facto redemption, but we'll see him later. Yeah, usually they they pantomime taking the turnbuckle pad off and look what I've done so that everybody in the arena, all the way up to the cheap seats, can register yeah. what's happening in the story. But this was a lot more subtle than that. Um, yeah, it was really, really well done. Um, one more thing about the backstage segment as I'm going through my notes. MVP deserves better. Yeah, why are you going to pay this dude who's still wrestling to come and just sit and play poker? <laughs> he better be in the Rumble, even if it's for five seconds. I love MVP. Isn't he still doing MLW wrestling, though? He still wrestles, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but so... He's been in Japan in the not-too-distant past. Yeah, for like a one-off, why not? Bring him back full-time. He's a good wrestler. There's a lot of empty spots in the Rumble, which we should talk about at some point. We should. Um, let me run through my notes here. Ric Flair looked to be in pretty good shape for what he's been through. Yeah. Charlotte is also eight times larger than Alexa Bliss. 
This goes back to my point I made a couple weeks ago. She's too small to be a heel. Or is Charlotte too big? Charlotte is a perfect heel. Alexa Bliss would be a great baby face. Let's just switch that up. Um, we, had, we, we talked about Matt Hardy. Oh, Jericho. Chris Jericho, the greatest, the best there is, the best there was. Sorry, with apologies to Bret Hart. Him and Elias backstage was just pure fire. Then Elias comes to the ring, plays a song, gets into it with Jimmy Fallon for some reason. I guess we're just acknowledging that Jimmy Fallon was present. Uh, present, I'll use that term loosely. A very and, uh, sleepy looking Jimmy and, Fallon. Uh, and then ended up, and then got into it with John Cena who came out. They apparently, as you mentioned before, have a feud coming up. Is a, I mean... The Miz won the IC title back and got the greatest cheers probably of his career. Um, but the real winner of the night might have been Elias, man. That guy is, he was effective with, you know, kind of wimping out against Jericho. I mean, backstage with Jericho. He was effective in getting the crowd to boo him, singing at Jim- Jimmy Fallon. And then he got into an angle with John Cena and the crowd was super, was eating it up. I mean, Elias is. He's a star. He's a star, man. Yeah, there's no question about it. And and thank you, Chris Jericho, for blessing us with the gift of Jericho. It's absolutely true. He wore an Alpha Club t-shirt on Raw. On my piece, I said, you know, the question at this point, and this was influenced by the guitar by the guitar spot at the end of the Cena moment of the Cena thing. But Elias is certainly something. Whether and I, I said, you know, the question is out whether he's or the the jury's out on whether he's going to be the Macho Man or the Honky Tonk Man. Um, he looks a lot like the Macho Man Randy Savage. He can work better than Honky Tonk ever could. The other guy I was thinking about when I was writing that sentence was Damian Sandow, who was similarly over with the crowd, a little bit hokier gimmick, although Elias plays a guitar and sings, so never mind. Um, You know, a similar look. uh, And I think that, you know, there's obviously the, we, we have not seen a lot of Elias in the ring. That was part of what happened with Sandow is that like he he turned out to not be as good of a worker as we all sort of hoped that he was. Um, and then he got screwed by WWE in any number of ways. Um, but, you know, there's a ceiling to certain gimmicks. And, and Elias is, is playing his pretty well. That he, He's not, you know, if he stops playing the guitar before every match, it's not going to cha- change his character significantly. You know, he can just go on strike or something. Um, but yeah, he's a star. We'll just see. I mean, and, and when I compare him to the Honky Tonk Man, that's not a knock. Yeah. Honky Tonk Man was epic. Drew a lot of money. I think uh, one of the great examples of a gimmick destroying your career is Val Venus. Hey, so Val Venus was around being Val Venus for 15 years. It's not like he was, you know, tearing it up in Japan before that. Yeah, but there's a ceiling for a character like that where how do you make the leap from being a really super, super over mid-card guy who has a very effective gimmick, who comes out and pops the crowd with a pre-match spiel to a guy who can work a 20, 25-minute match and hold the title. Yeah. And Val Venus was kind of held down by the fact that his whole gimmick and, and his promos were about boner jokes. There was a Raw that I always reference and I never re- go back to rewatch, but where Val Venus and Al Snow, I believe, both turned heel. And on each other? No, like one, like Al Snow turned heel on 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 Foley and v- whatever. But it was sort of like this great reboot moment, and they never, and none of it paid off. But I think Val Venus really could have been something, even without the dick jokes. He was a decent promo. He was a a really smooth wrestler in terms of his work. Mm-hmm. It just didn't click because if he's not a porn star, what is he? Yeah. He's Rick Rude, a Jace. Yeah, it's true. But, you know, he was really good in, um, what was the... The Marine 5 Battleground? Yes, yes. <laughs> He's not estimates, my bad. Uh, no, what was the, the, the right to censor? Ugh, no, I hated that whole gimmick. And then he was a commissioner? Yeah. Commissioner Morley? They was just that never name? figured it out with him. No, anyway. It's sort of, it's like, it's, in some extent, it's the Dolph Ziggler problem. When you're that good of a hand, and it's, it's not like he was exactly, you know... Bret Hart in the ring or anything, but when you're like a functional hand and you get a lot and you get enough heat, you know, you sort of, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of drive to like reinvent the wheel. Right. Anyway, brought 25 overall, most people seem to sort of disappointed, but this is, I, I think the reason I'm more defensive about the disappointment was one, because I enjoyed watching it. I'm not, I'm, you know, 
I think it just matters the headspace you're in to a certain extent, but also because we're on the cusp, we're on the eve of the Royal Rumble, the night, the the number one night of the year for WWE fan disappointment. <laughs> well, well, WrestleMania. No, Wrestle, WrestleMania one. will complain about, sure. but how high are your hopes for WrestleMania? No, no, the Rumble is the night where every time you start counting down from 10, CM Punk is coming out. That's a good point, because fans have gotten to uh, expect WrestleMania to be too long and to have a lot of disappointing matches. Royal Rumble is like every two minutes, it's Christmas, and you're opening your presents, and then you get socks. Yeah, it is. It's socks. It's 29 pairs of socks and one AJ Styles t-shirt that you're pretty psyched about. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, let's run down. I'm just on, I'm on Patty Power right now. Pattypower.com in case you want to place irrational bets on professional wrestling. Like a fool. Um, I'm looking at the odds right here. The best odds at five to six uh, for winning the Royal Rumble is Shinsuke Nakamura. The rock star. The artist known as. He has been rumored to be the guy. At the same time, there are commercials and advertisements floating around for Fastlane, which um, claim that the main event Spoiler is, alert. Yeah. The main event stop. of Fastlane. I don't know this. Go ahead. Fast forward through this. If you don't want to know what people have said potentially could be the main event of Fastlane, it's a six-person, uh, six-pack challenge for the WWE title involving AJ Styles, uh, Randy Orton, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Shinsuke, and someone I'm forgetting. Carmella is probably cashing in. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so Nakamura's odds are high. I mean, I think that p- people really desperately, you'll see this a lot with the odds. There's a lot of hope built into this. Nakamura, people want to see Nakamura in the main event against AJ Styles at WrestleMania. It'll be the Savage Steamboat, the Savage Steamboat of 2018, whatever. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I'm very interested in that. I don't know if I love the idea of giving Nakamura the Royal Rumble win because it's sort of incumbent upon the Royal Rumble winner to cut some promos and explain what he, why he's making the decision he's going to make, right? I mean, it's not like a decision anymore. You don't pick your show. But you got to like, there's, he doesn't have any beef with AJ Styles. Right. So he's got to explain, you know, his thought process. I don't think he has to. There he can are, just be silent? There are so many silent wrestlers in history. Well, or but they, but they keep, were, okay, you're right. There, there is, the, the, he could be silent, but they keep giving him the microphone. They're going to want him mistake. to prove his metal. I, I agree. Um, I, you don't, not every wrestler in WWE has to fit the rock Stone Cold Steve Austin. But template. when have you ever heard of a rock star who didn't get on the mic and sing? Huh? Well, it's not about this. I'm no. just kidding. Okay, I'm just trying. Right. I'm pressing your buttons. Next best odds at five two are Roman Reigns. Is Roman Reigns? I, that's where I put my money at this point. That's I, a, the, well, I, you're not going to make any money on that bet, but I take you. I mean, that's who you think's going to win. Yeah, I, I floated in my mind the possibility of John Cena winning and then losing the shot at some point down the road. But another part of me thinks that WWE is going to troll the fans in Philadelphia again. It'd be a great heel moment. By the way, on Monday night at the Barclays Center, they didn't even try. There was no, he's sort of working baby face, but WWE might be okay with the booze. No, he was, he just walked straight out. Like he was playing, he was working heel. It wasn't even, he was working absence of baby face. At least it was, it was a, I think he like slapped a kid's hand. That was about it. Well, that's your obligation. Yeah. Part of your contract, contractual duties. Uh, Yeah. Roman Reigns could definitely win. And at this point, you got to be at peace with it. Yeah. Just enjoy the rest of this. I mean, you don't have to, but whatever. You do whatever you want, kids. Here, here's where things get interesting in the odds. Next at 92 is Daniel Bryan. This is just nonsense. Is it? Or do they know something we don't know? Well, we talked about this last week, and I, I was played devil's advocate and said, oh, you know, Goldberg. They, they knew Goldberg was beating yeah. Lesnar. But that was like a couple hours before the show started. Sure. And Daniel I Bryan. Feel like, I feel like word would have leaked out to some extent that Daniel Bryan had been cleared. And this would then lead to Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles at WrestleMania? What? Yeah, if he's going to come back, there's no reason to give him a title shot. None. Right? Can't you just have him? I could imagine a world in which it's like Daniel Bryan and Owens and Zayn against AJ and Shane or something like that at WrestleMania, but the title, it doesn't need to be for the title. Or Daniel Bryan versus Miz. I mean, they teased that again yeah. on Raw. That's it. It's the tease. They know the, the, the no, WWE knows the power of the tease when it comes to Daniel Bryan anyway. 
and uh, and they're going to keep exploiting it. After Brian, the next best odds, Dolph Ziggler. Same odds as Daniel Bryan, by the way. Dolph Ziggler, I guess the case is he's been off TV enough that they, the idea, he might, WWE must have a plan. Never expect WWE to have a plan when it comes to Dolph Ziggler. That's yeah. lesson number one. The two rules of WWE are one, the, don't count on WWE having a plan for Ziggler, and two, Hornswoggle is the illegitimate child. <laughs> um, uh, Braun Strowman at 7-1. He's going to be in the main, he's going to be in the title match, but he could easily come in and do that too. That would be an interesting look. Finn Balor also has seven to one. John Cena also has seven to one. Those three guys, I think that's a good if if you if you could pair all those three together. That's a that that's a there's some interesting odds there. Um, then we get into Baron Corbin, Randy Orton, who was standing tall at the end of SmackDown um, or at the end of his segment on SmackDown. Seth Rollins, Bobby Roode, uh, Batista in there at twenty to one. He could come back. They and gotta have somebody. Rumble. I was talking. I was. I was talking to producer Jason Kale uh, before the show. It's so hard to surprise anybody now. AJ Styles was a surprise. The best way they could pull a surprise, really, at this point, is to. I think I might have said this before, but like, get somebody to like surreptitiously release a photo of the Undertaker lacing up his boots backstage, so everybody pays attention to that and doesn't notice that you know Kenny Omega is sneaking in the back door. You got to you got to you got to stave off the reveal like the leak with another tease. Well, that was my whole convoluted theory about CM Punk for Raw 25 is oh we're going to we're going to leak all this information well, to Meltzer that it's Undertaker versus Cena, but guess what? It's actually CM Punk and they'll never know cuz they're so focused on this. That was I think the the source of my greatest disappointment is that with all by telling us the Undertaker was coming, by telling us about the DX reunion and all these legends coming back, it seemed like they must be keeping something up their sleeve. No. And there was nothing <laughs> up their nothing. sleeve. There was, yeah. Well, they got a huge rating for it. I mean, that's that's why they did that's it. That's why they hype all those people. Up, yeah. Right. Another reason to believe that if Batista were coming back, big Hollywood star Batista, they might let us know that ahead of time. Yeah. So I don't know. I wouldn't place my money on that. Um, and then you get into like AJ Styles, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens all have 20 to 1 odds. We're not like, going to be in the match. I'm sure some of them will be in them at one or two of them. <sighs> There's zero reason to put them in Samoa the Joe's at 25 to 1 and is definitely not wrestling. Nope. All right, so don't trust these gambling odds, guys. I'm just going to see if there's any names that jump out of me. Kenny Omega does is at 40 to 1. Will not be in the Royal Rumble. He's under contract with New Japan. Well, so is Jericho. Oh, is he not under the same different short-term I'm sure it's under part-timer a different, contract? Well, he was on Raw. Undertaker is at 40 to 1. Um, I could see Jericho. Chris Jericho is at 50 to 1. I think he could be in the Rumble. A surprise thing. Uh, Ethan Carter the third at 50 to 1? He's not winning. Uh, it's a question. But, he, but might he be there? Potentially, I don't think the crowd would really care. Um, at sixty-six to one, we have the contingent of Triple H, Shane McMahon, Cesaro, Jeff Hardy, Elias, and The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. I love that Cesaro and The Rock have the same odds to win the Royal Rumble. Oh, we are now. I went to the next one. There's a lot of sixty-sixes here. Luke Harper, Luke Gallows, Kurt Angle, and Goldberg are all at the <laughs> same number as all those other guys. All right, this is good. CM Punk. Is it 80 to 1? If CM Punk doesn't come back, do you promise to never talk to Steve Kazee ever again? That'd be easy. I mean, he's such a big Hollywood star. Yeah, that's true. He hasn't talked to us. Um, let's see. Alistair Black is there at 80 to 1? That's an I interesting... I being in it. In, in it, sure. Yeah. Um, is it bad that every time I see Shelton Benjamin, I think I'm reading Senior Benjamin? No, it's just wishful thinking on Big your part. Big Cass is an interesting one at eighty to one. Is he ready to come back? There are rumors that he's that he's close. Wouldn't that be the ultimate fu to Enzo? Which, by the way, we should just briefly discuss oh, that in, Enzo, Enzo Moore has been fired by WWE or released by WWE following and not and not directly as a result of any charges being filed, but following accusations that he raped a girl uh, in where New Mexico, where was Arizona, it? Arizona, Phoenix, I think last end of last year yeah and charges were filed in october yeah and he didn't apparently didn't this, this is Meltzer that he didn't tell them um and that's why he got fired is by not disclosing that this was happening also not a huge uh winning personality backstage or not the most beloved backstage personality. yeah i i tweeted that he had all of these you know um things going for him and he kind of pissed it away and in, in 365 days and that's not to say that I know for a fact that what happened, that what is alleged happened. I'm not casting guilt or innocence upon him, but it's a, it's a it's systemic with it's him. a series of bad decisions. A series of terrible decisions on his part. 
we don't know. We'll, hopefully, we'll, or I mean, I don't know that it needs to be aired in public in the first place, but you know, we'll presumably find out whether or not there's any substance to the claims. Um, but uh, for now, um, my message to all of you is don't go on Twitter and talk shit about the accuser. Or even, I mean, you can save your breath to talk shit about Enzo later when we know some stuff for sure. Yeah. It's just a bad look. Like, who cares? I mean, who's not, not who cares, but like, who, who wants to be mean about this online? Let's just like, well, you know, charges have been filed. I think you can make the point, and I did, that Enzo Amore really dropped the ball with his career, that he was super over. He was making tons of money on merchandise. He was on TV every week. He was fronting an entire brand. And from getting kicked off the bus and all that stuff to, the locker room issues with Roman Reigns to, I guess, he, him and Cass aren't even friends anymore. So just like the way that he is perceived in the industry. Yeah. And there's a lot this, of weird stuff of him that just sort of like resurfaced online too. Like he signed his driver's license with the drawing of a penis. TMZ reported that last year. Obviously, that has nothing to do with any accusations of rape, but just like just some weird decision making process. Yeah. There's also, there was a clip that I saw on Twitter of, uh, him on Steve Austin's podcast where he just like brings up that he got kicked out of college and then immediately changes the sub. Like he brought it up willingly, but then like realized he was just in over his head and didn't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. He kicked off a football team. I mean, it was just like, it seems to me that it became clear to WWE that he was not worth their time. Yeah. And that's, I think that if you want to separate it totally and just talk about the wrestling side of it. Yeah, it's true. He could have, there, there was some odd decision making. Anyway, WWE thinking, back to the Royal Rumble, WWE thinking that Big Cass is a sufficient surprise. Like John Cena in 2008, we just watched it, made a video, which you, I'm sure, can find on Ringer, Ringer Social Network feed or our Twitter accounts later this week. We just did a video where we did a director's commentary of that Cena big comeback at MSG. Um, if WWE thinks Big Cass is going to get a reaction like that, then they nope. need to all be fired. And I don't, I don't use those. I do use that term, that phrase, very lightly. But uh, the so. only way he would get a reaction would be if he comes out to Enzo's music, which was his music at one point. He should just take it. No, because Enzo in. raps the song. That's totally fine. They, they, they own, they own Enzo's voice now. All right, at the, at a hundred to one, we have a couple of interesting names. Ryback, <laughs> uh, Ryback, Connor McGregor, not himself. Okay, Ryback. Okay, Ryback, Connor McGregor, um, and then Apollo Cruz, uh, Champa, Dean Ambrose, who's clearly too hard to do it. Shawn Michaels is at hundred to one. Jake the Snake Roberts is also on the board. But let's just be serious about this. Our truth is a, is it one hundred and fifty to one? He hasn't been on TV Who has a better time. chance? To win the Royal Rumble this year, R Truth or Conor McGregor? Conor McGregor, just because he's Conor McGregor. <laughs> he's not even under contract. I think that's I'd totally right. Rather bet on him. Um, John Morrison makes uh, is, is shows up on the list. Um, Cassius Ono, he'd be an interesting call up. Uh, you know, I love Chris. I could see him being in there. Stone Cold Steve Austin and his great physique. God, he looked got him. Like, he looked like a million bucks. That guy. Um. Let me see if there's anybody else that's worth bringing up. Shaquille O'Neal is on here at 200 to 1. I don't think I don't think that's going to happen. If he, if he didn't even show up at WrestleMania last year, he's not coming. Neville has the same odds. There you go. Is he still is he still employed? Do we have a, do we have a final he's verdict on contract? They got to just get him back, man. They need him right now. Well, now that his arch rival is gone, uh Hulk Hogan is on here. Okay. Um I don't think that's going to happen. Nor nor will Jerry the King Lawler, Billy Gunn, or Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash not a, can't, can't even get on an airplane. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. Carlito at two twenty five to one. I'm holding out hope. My man, I spit in the face of people who don't agree with that. Floyd Mayweather is on here at four hundred. Oh, Vin Diesel two fifty <laughs> to one. Vin Diesel versus the Rock at WrestleMania. Let's make it happen. The the final four on this list are. If you okay, the, I'll just put it this way: the final five on this list, Kelly Ripa at the, three hundred yeah, to the, one. The crazy, the the worst odds in uh, for a Royal Rumble winner are Rhino, <laughs> Vin Diesel, Floyd Mayweather, Donald Trump, and Barack Obama. Poor Rhino. <laughs> How much money would it take for Floyd Mayweather to come if they told him he was going to win the Royal Rumble? 
Would he show up for $5 million? It would be the least amount of work you'd have to do. Yeah. So I'm sure it would be for just like a few million. I mean, he's he owes the government a lot of money, doesn't he, still? I don't know. That's a, It's kind of unclear. Anyway. Um, he just made a lot fighting Conor McGregor. That's true. Anyway, so the Royal Rumble is this Sunday. We went through those odds. Who do you really think is going to win? Do you, are you really thinking Roman Reigns? If all of the rumors that I've heard are true. It sounds no, no, like no, I want to know what you think. I think Roman Reigns. Yeah, I think they're going to do it. I think they're just going to be like, you know what would be funny? As if he won in Philadelphia again. Because <laughs> yeah. that's just the, that's the mentality. That mentality exists in the backstage I, of WWE. I think Nakamura is an interesting choice to, to send the crowd home happy. Sure. I don't think we can rule that one out. I think it's really hard to predict these things because any of the, either of the two title matches could segue directly into one of those guys coming back and winning the Rumble and regaining, you know, if it's, you could imagine Lesnar losing and then getting the title shot. What what a wonderful treadmill move that would be, but it's totally a thing that could happen. Same thing with the SmackDown title. You could see Cammy. I'm not just saying that to see you shake over. your head. Um, you could you could imagine you you could imagine Cammy winning the title and AJ Styles getting a shot back, even though he gets a automatically gets a return shot. You could imagine that sort of weird booking. Um, by the way, Cammy is definitely not over. No. But wouldn't it have been way more over if he had just organically like mashed up their names into like Cami Zaywins and then just like kept saying Cami Zaywins over and over Cammy again? Cami Zaywins. Because yeah. he could chant it. Exactly. You know who could get it over is The Rock. Cami Zaywins is better, is way better than just Cami. 100% agree. Cammy, I'm just going to say Cami Zaywins from now on. All right. The heel producer Jim's in my ear that we got to get out of here. But we are going to talk about this, Matt. The, the Women's Royal Rumble. Mm hmm. The first ever women's Royal Rumble. Ronda Rousey's winning. Let's not even bother going. Through oh, do the, we? Are we sure she's going to be there? Hundred percent sure. I'm. I will not make any sort of promises that I will eat my hat or something like that because I'm not going to eat non-food. But yeah, she's winning. What is your least favorite food? What is your least favorite form of junk food? My least favorite food is In and Out. Really? <laughs> I'll eat a oh, no. whole In and Out burger. You're just doing Ronda the Rousey. Briar Patch stick over yeah, here. Yeah, a little gag there. All right, I think. Um, so Charlotte and, and, uh, Alexa are our champions. Not in the match. They're not in the match. Correct. Which is weird. Like they should be on this card. Why? No, no, no. I don't think they should be in the match, but it's, it's just odd. There's that, nobody left for them to wrestle. Right. They should be fighting each other again. <laughs> sure. Why not? Um, so you think Ronda Rousey is going to win? If, if Rousey's not in the match, who's going to win? Oscar. Yeah. I think Oscar. Going over the, the way she did on Monday night felt a lot like a runner-up prize. Like she'll look good in the rumble, but she—I don't. Which is why it's Ronda Rousey. There's nobody else in this match who you really say. Trish oh, Stratus making a comeback. Trish versus Alexa at WrestleMania. I'm in. Um, who else can make a comeback? I'm sure Ivory can still go. Michelle McCool looked like she could wrestle. Oh yeah, yeah. Is Melina available? <laughs> not I mean like to a... date but I mean to wrestle I love oh, Melina's great Melina's my good. favorite diva of all time alright I'm um... there's some other matches on this card by the way yeah I know I know I'm looking at the list to see who I'm gonna I'm gonna go off out on a limb and say Liv Morgan wins I'm just kidding you fool um, yeah I, I honestly don't know I honestly don't know I think Asuka's uh, I think Asuka's a big I wanna say Sasha but it's not it's, it's not Sasha it's Asuka or, or or Ronda. Yeah. Ronda Rousey. Okay. Um, we have Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman versus Kane for the Universal title. Brock Lesnar is my pick. And Bro- as, this is a, this is, there is a, it is more difficult to fantasy book your way into anything except Brock Lesnar winning this match than it has been for all of Brock Lesnar's title defenses over the past year. And this is separate from that, the one where it's least likely that he's going to drop the title. It would be insane to go this entire calendar year with him being a dominant champion, and then just be like, you know, it'll be funny. <laughs> Let's switch the title. The only thing they could do is put it on Braun Strowman, but if they didn't have the confidence to put it on him the last time they fought and just give him a month to see what happens, they're not going to do this it here just, in the run-up to yeah, WrestleMania. It's just a filler match. This is a filler match for sure. Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan versus Cesaro and Sheamus. There is no match on this card that I care about less than this. I've seen this combinations of, of these guys wrestling. Seth, J- Jason Jordan, by the way, the the list of people who got booed out of the arena on Monday night is not a short, not a brief one. 
he was great. And again, even more so than Roman Reigns, he was just working heel. Yeah. The crowd was booing. It was the, I said in my piece, I wish the only, the only, my only disappointment or my top disappointment on Monday Night Raw is they couldn't find a way to get Jason Jordan and X-Pac in the ring, in the same room together. <laughs> so X-Pac could formally bestow the X-Pac heat title That's onto Jason Jordan. Jason Jordan. Um, Jason Jordan was getting the most gross, disrespectful booze. I'm not shitting on the crowd at all when I say that. They were just like, like, we do not want to listen to your voice. This is, this is the message we were trying to convey with our booze. Jim Cornette heat. Is, oh, is definitely was, he's, he's in that ballpark. Great. Um, the Usos versus Gable and Benjamin. Oh, let me give my pick for that match. Though. Yeah, who's I don't care win? about it, but I think the bar gets the belts back again. Unfortunately, I think this could go either way. I think that I think that I'm going to go with Rollins and Jordan just because I, I feel like it makes more sense for them to lose the title on Raw while they're when they're yelling at each other or something like that. Or we can have Rollins versus Jordan at WrestleMania. That seems like where. It's oh, going. No. why am I? I'm realizing that in real time right now. Usos versus Gable and Benjamin. I'm going to go with the... It's two out of three falls match. Uh, what the hell? I'm going to go with Gable and Benjamin. Yeah. Well, no. If I'm going to pick the the bar to win the belts, I don't think they're going to do another heel tag team. So we'll flip-flop on these. You're going to go with the Usos. I'm going to go with the Usos. AJ Styles versus Owens and Zayn for the WWE Championship. AJ Styles keeps the belt. I don't think... I was really ready to say Owens and Zayn for the past two weeks. I don't think they've done enough to really explain how the co-champion thing would work. I feel like it's too, it's still too much of a bizarro world. Shared custody. Yeah. Like Kramer versus Kramer. I think it, I, it, it would be really fun to see them win. I don't think it's out of the picture. I think it'd be great to see them win. It just doesn't make a lot of booking sense. That said, there really isn't anything on the horizon for Kevin Owens to do. He's not going to wrestle Shane McMahon again. Is he going to wrestle Sami Zayn again? It's it's a it's early for that. And also, they just did the same angle last year with Kevin Owens. I mean, they could also do the they could also downgrade and the Usos could retain. The Usos are more or getting basically getting over his baby faces now, and you just have yeah. Owens and Zayn just sort of like take a step back, take a you know tag team title match. Yeah, yeah. I could I could get behind that. I could see that being a fun feud, and and that would help. That would help the SmackDown tag division some, just like Rollins and 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 uh, Jordan have helped the Raw side. And the Usos have. I know it's sacrilege. Someone's going to shit on me for saying that. The Usos have never had a uh, a match on the WrestleMania card, the actual WrestleMania card. Um, this would be their first one. Really? Yeah. That is nuts. Only the pre-show for those guys. Um, I am going to. Okay, so final. So we've got all our picks in. What's your our final official picks for the two rumbles for the women's rumble? You're going with Ronda Rousey. Yeah, I think that's you. you got to go with her. But if it's not Ronda Rousey, are you? Or do we Asuka. agree it's Oscar? Yeah, I went. I have a weird Becky Lynch wild card feeling all of a sudden. The problem with that is we've got the the briefcase on SmackDown, and it seems to me that Carmella is going to WrestleMania uh. to wrestle for the title. I don't quite follow your logic, but we're out of time, so I'm going to give you that one. And for the men's side, what's your pick? Going with Roman, Roman Reigns. Reigns, the big dog. All right. I will laugh for, for hours if that's what happens. I'm going to go with Ty Dillinger. Oh, man. He's in. He's officially in the Royal no, Rumble. No, I know. Uh, Randy Orton is an interesting one. That'd be weird if he won back-to-back Royal Rumbles. Orton, Nakamura. Uh, you got Roman Reigns. I'm not budging on that. It's Roman Reigns. It's the big dog. I think John Cena would doing it and then using that to call out the the ta- Undertaker or something would be really interesting. But again, if John Cena is going to be waylaid into this Elias thing, and also John Cena getting booze is different than Roman Reigns getting booze. I don't think that's a look WWE is going for. Right. Um, I am going to. This is too hard. Is it Nakamura or Reigns? Are those my real? Are those my only real good, good choices? Good choices. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with CM Punk. <laughs> what the hell? I got to hold out hope for something, man. man if this that... is it. This is the end. If CM Punk doesn't come, I'm not saying I'm going to stop hoping, but I'm, I am going to just pretend I'm saying that he is getting old. He's getting too old. WWE's moved on too far past him. It's just like the, it's the same case for Conor McGregor making a, he needs to go back and fight in the UFC again, because even though he's too big for it right now, the offer is not going to be there in five years or there will be some offer to people. People want to see him get mutilated by someone who's much younger and better at it. But there's a, there's a clock on all these things. Even if you guys can't come to the agreement that makes, makes both sides happy. If you're both half happy, 
Just make this fucking thing happen, guys. I'm with you on this. If it's not now, it's never. If it's not the Royal Rumble, he's not coming back. That's not true, but that's what I'm. That's that's my that's my way of thinking. I think you're right. Yeah, screw it. I'm going with CM Punk. Whoever you go with, make sure you drink responsibly. I'm just kidding. Uh, for all the Royal Rumble drinking games or betting games or whatever you do, have fun. We'll be having fun. Yeah, dancing around, counting down from ten. It is the greatest wrestling night of the year and the most disappointing wrestling night of the year all rolled into one. Who could hope for more? We'll see you next week with a big Royal Rumble wrap-up. Enjoy the Rumble. Thanks, Schilling. Apologies, as always, to Dean Ambrose. We'll see you back here next week, Humanoids. Tony Schiavone here on The Masked Man Show. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on The Masked Man Show. This is just nonsense. Is it?